Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hi, everybody. Dr. Nick. Hi, Craig. And Tori. Hello, Internet. We start every week with Good Thing. Uh, Craig, is your Good Thing Dr. Nick? No, not at all. Is it 22 short films about Springfield? I guess he works for pretty cheap, doesn't he? You tried the best. Now try the rest. (laughs) So this week on games that Craig finally got around to six months later, uh, I have started playing this game called Raft. R-A-F-T, with my friend. It's a survival game on an ocean. You start off on a tiny little raft. You have a grappling hook. And with it, you gather the resources that happen to be floating around on the island to upgrade your raft, build things, survive, explore islands. There's a story going on. So there's some story stuff about why you're stuck in the ocean and why like it seems like the whole world is an ocean. And once you get to King of the Red Lions... The grappling hook turns into a crane, and you can get buried treasure. Yes, not quite Wind Waker, but um, it's it's actually it's so addicting. Like, you, like I said, the the premise is really basic, but just everything the game lets you do, uh, the ability to upgrade your boat, um, research new technologies, uh, just by studying items that you collect to build better things, and just just go from there. It's so good. Like, it's so customizable. Um, the survival, it can be a little tough in the very beginning if you're playing on like a, a higher difficulty level, but it's still manageable um, once you figure out what you're doing. And yeah, it's just it's just really cool. Um, highly recommended, honestly. Uh, I think it's still an early access, though. Uh, they, they seem to be adding more story content. That seems to be their focus. I don't know if they're planning any big like gameplay changes in the future. It seems like they're focusing on the story. I could be wrong. Maybe someone else who who knows more. I'm just playing to have fun, and I indeed have fun. Hours pet like I'm playing with my friend. I only have a couple hours every night, and suddenly three hours pass, and it's like I need to go to bed, or I'm just gonna be tired because you know, baby. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. I like survival games in general, though. Um, but this one's pretty good, and you can play, and it works very well playing with others. If you happen to play Minecraft. And you do one of those like sky block maps. It sort of reminds me a little bit of that, where you just start off on a tiny, like I said, you tiny little raft. You have your your structure, and you just build. You gather resources and build somehow, some way. Really cool. All right, uh, Dave, what's your good thing? All right, check it out, y'all. So there's this new game, and there's a free demo on Switch. The game's called Bravely Default Two, and it's kind of like Final Fantasy, but you can cheat. Like, you can take... How it works is you can take multiple turns in a row and go into, like, turn debt, where your character is stunned until they, you know, build up more turns to get back up to zero. Or you can, when you defend, you build up, like, turn credit so that you can take multiple turns without getting stunned. So, like, you can do Brave, which is take extra turns, or you can do Default, which is store up extra turns, um, so my good thing this week is, uh, have I ever mentioned a band called the Grateful Dead? They're one of my favorite bands. I don't know if I've ever had them as a good thing. I don't know if you've that mentioned was, them on was, here before. 
That was a non sequitur. Uh, my good thing, brave. So bravely default two. I'm not gonna buy it just yet because I mean it is a SquareSoft RPG, and I'm not really in a place right now where I want to pick up a new SquareSoft RPG. Um, but I did play a little bit of the demo. It's fun, and uh, specifically my good thing is song from the Savalon world map desert overworld theme, and it's super good. And I posted. But yeah, the game seems really cool. I've watched a couple people stream it. Um, but that song is just incredible. In, in in enthusiasm for the game, it has a job system. Job yes, system it's, is it's the Final best Fantasy system. Final Fantasy Five, but you can cheat, <laughs> and you can combine abilities from different jobs and stuff too, like in Fantasy Five. Okay. And actually, I, the person I saw streaming it yesterday was none other than Yagama, who uh, famously is doing solo class runs of every class in Final Fantasy Five. All right. Uh, so my good thing this week is a movie called Push. Uh, it stars Chris Evans and Jimon Hansu and a bunch of other people. The The cast is pretty phenomenal. Uh, it's it's a really, really good superhero movie that isn't tied to, like, an existing comic book universe. came out in 2009, I think. It's set in Hong Kong, and it's just really good. It's on Hulu right now and probably a couple of other streaming services. Um, don't believe the Rotten Tomatoes on it. They were, they were so mean to my, to my good, good baby movie. They were so mean. It's got like a 28% critical and 43%, I think, audience. But it, it's legitimately a great movie. Worse than Kung Pao. Yeah. But like, it's, it's actually a very good movie that you should watch and enjoy. I have seen that movie and I thought it was enjoyable. It does exactly what you expect a movie like that to do. I don't know why people are critical of it. I mean, I don't understand it from, like, I get it from the audience perspective. Like, if you go in expecting something else and you get this, you might be disappointed. Sure. But, like, from the critical end, it's it's a superhero movie done really, really well. Like, right as Marvel was getting started. So, maybe that's part of it. Like, it doesn't compare quite as fav- favorably to, like, early Marvel in in general, like, popcorn ability, but I don't know. It's really good. It's called Push. Uh, All right, Tori. Well, uh, Craig did a game that he hadn't got to for, like, six months. I'm going to do a book that I hadn't got to for two years. Um, I just finished the second book of the Expanse series. Uh, I read the first book literally two years ago. Uh, My husband's a big fan of the books and the show, and so I was like, yeah, I'll I'll give this a try since you like it so much. And um, the first one was pretty good, but not like I'm ready to read the rest of the series good um, because these are huge books. They're doorstoppers. They're like Stormlight size, and um, I I just didn't think it was as good as Stormlight, you know, but... um, I had been meaning to read the rest of them because my husband really loves them. And I got around to the second one and you know what? I'm sold now. It took until the second book and these are huge books, you guys, but I'm really enjoying it now and I'm going to finish the series. It might take me the rest of the year to do it. Um, But yeah, book two was called Caliban's War, which uh, there's a bit of a Shakespeare reference in that title. My husband had no idea it was a Shakespeare reference when I was like, oh, yeah, Caliban's a character from The Tempest. And here, let me tell you about the character. And here's how I think it compares to the book I just finished. I I totally blew his mind. But um, it was fun. I liked it. Uh, I've tried a couple of times to get into the show. Haven't tried the books yet. 
and the start of the show is a little bit too slow to grab me. I understand that it gets considerably better if I just give it time, and I still want to, and I still intend to, I just haven't yet. Yeah, I also intend to finish the show someday. I um, I got through the first season, and I liked it okay. It gave me a mental picture of some of the things that were described in the book, but at the same time, like they they change the characters just a little bit. Just, like their personalities in the show are not quite the same as they are in the book, and that was enough to turn me off of the show because I kept expecting uh, one of the characters, Amos, is basically a killer with a heart of gold in the books. Like he's scary, but you want him on your side. In the show, he's just a jerk. Like I didn't like him at all, and he's he's easily my favorite character in the books. So that's yeah, not going to work for me. Oh, I did um, read through some of the books before. Um, they're decent, but I don't know. Eventually, I just sort of stopped. I don't. I think I read like maybe four or five books. I don't even remember, but they're a good read. It just I got tired of it, I guess. Um, well, so the, the sorry, go ahead. The other thing that tickled me about it was um, when I told Matt, yeah, this is a Shakespeare reference. Let me tell you about it. And then I was like, and based on the titles of the rest of the books in the series, here's what I think is going to happen. And he was speechless. He just got up and left the room. So I think something. <laughs> or you were hilariously wrong and he didn't want to let that be a spoiler. No, no. I, th I think Tori got the references. Uh, so the author, James S.A. Corey, is actually two people. Yes, I'm aware of that. Has no relevance because, to anything, just... No, it, it is relevant, because at the library, people come in and they're like, I really enjoyed this series, what else can I read? And I'm like, how about stuff by the two authors separately? Like, uh, one of them has other things. I, I don't know that the other one does. I think the other one is just, like, a screenwriter. But, yeah, it also works with kids, you guys. Anyone comes in and they're like, oh, I really like the Wings of Fire series. Well, then you need to read the Warrior Cat series because Tui Sutherland is one of the authors that writes that. I mean, kids are easier. You just throw a book at them and if the color, if the cover looks cool enough. That, no, it actually doesn't work that way. Did for me. So, I mean, Tori, that's good advice in general. If you like an author's books, you might lock, like more books by said author. Yeah. And here that we seems... are recording a podcast. Uh, that that's all about one author. Speaking of Dave, <laughs> yeah, Dave. Uh, yeah, I haven't written anything in a while. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, let's let's liking. speak of Dave. <laughs> you uh, read some chapters, right? Oh yeah, there's this other author. I think his name's Brandon Sandersnarf. No, son, Brandon Sandersnarf. It should be. <laughs> I think Brandon Sanderson. All right, we're doing chapters 73 through 75 of Words of Radiance. Let's go. Chapter 73, A Thousand Scurrying Creatures. Patricide. That's it. This is a pasty chapter, and Shalon kills her dad. With Blackbane, no less. Is that all I you mean, have for the, this chapter? The Blackbane got an assist on that. Oh, right. She strangled him, too. She Blackbaned him and... He was starting to get back up, so she strangled him. I mean, this is an incredibly bleak chapter. And creepy. Yep. A little bit creepy, yeah. Bleaky, creepy. Yeah, so, you know, they were about to... Balat and girlfriend were about to elope. And uh, Mar 
crazy? What's some what's stepmom's name? Malise. Malise. She I, uh, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. She built the enough. beans. She spilled the beans and told uh told Shalon's dad that Bala and they were going to run off. And so he killed Malaise and then he summoned Balat's girlfriend over to the house so that he could kill probably her too. And then Shalon's like, Hey dad, why don't you drink this wine while you're yelling at everybody? And he's like, Give me that and he glugs it down and oops it was poison. Oops. <laughs> so But it wasn't oops all poison. So clearly this isn't Just um, enough poison. What's his face? Ellen's father? Gotta have a poison tester, man. Actually, so, he yeah. didn't even have a poison tester. He just took the antidote afterwards. <laughs> yeah, he probably, um, you know, he probably wasn't expecting Shalon to poison him of all people. That's true. He's so good to her, you know. So Shalon poisoned her father, and then he started to get unpoisoned. So she strangled him with the very necklace he gave her, and then she sang that creepy chasm lullaby to him as he was dying. So, her father is not a good person. Very much not a good person. But, this is still also cold-blooded murder for Shalon. Incorrect. You think it's defense? She was, yeah, she was defending her brothers and, um, Alicia or whatever her name was. Like, he was, they were like in the middle of a sword fight, dude. I I would not classify this as murder in any regard. It's Um, funny, because I think if, if... Shalon whipped out a sword and Which and killed her father that way. I'd be like, yeah, totally. That that's defense. She's defending her family. Oh uh, well, but I guess poisoning she him. him first. Yeah, maybe uh. there's something about like how personal that is, and just like here, drink this wine. It's just I don't know. It's it's the action itself well, rather than I'm the purpose about it, behind it, it. No, it could be murder because they she incapacitated him and they had an opportunity to escape. Hmm. So, and, and yeah, then she choked him. Yeah. Yeah, if, I guess if she just paralyzed him and they ran off, maybe it'd be different. It was suicide. He drank the wine. <laughs> but and, <laughs> did he and, also and a garage. <laughs> No, that was assisted suicide. Oh, okay. Yeah, and once again, we sound sure. like psychopaths on the podcast. Yay. Uh, so I'd argue against the cold-blooded part, not the murder part. But yeah, the the cold blooded part, because like she is actively doing this to you know save her siblings, right, right, I... who who are in active danger at at that exact moment, and will be again <laughs> if he ever wakes up. I'm just bringing it up just to put a little bit. I mean, this whole point of this, of course, book, uh, let alone this chapter, is to put more perspective on Shalon and her action. Yeah, like she's quit, not just quit some... trying to sound like the only sane person in the crazy bunch. She, she's not some you know noble seventy yeah. who was just born into privilege and and just like chilled that way. Like she went through some really rough stuff. So let's let's definitively come down on this. Is it okay to kill the person responsible for your household being abusive? I vote yes. I don't know what the justice system is. You know, in their land. I mean, I would say that if there's a way to prosecute them legally and bring them to charge, which there was, wasn't there? There was the bastard son who was trying to get dirt on him. So I would say no, because they had a legal way to take him out of power. Um, 
if they were, you know, if they didn't have that option, then I would say that the greater good would be to outright kill him. Um, in this instance, though, she had incapacitated her father, and, uh, you know, they may have a moral obligation to retreat rather than kill him. I mean, he might have been able, after waking up, um, he would continue. It's not like he would just ignore them and forget about them. He would try to, you know, take revenge or get them back or do something. Right. But they've already had. Well, I guess they made the point that since uh, he came into wealth, that they might not get justice from the from the, you know, the nobles because he was he had more favor at that point. Um, hmm. I, I mostly agree but, with you, Dave. Uh, I think we got to look at the legal perspective here and, and go that down that path. Um, I'm I'm not sure if murder's ever justified. I'm I fall into but, that camp. Well, so I mean, murder is never justified, but not all killing is murder. Yeah. Do you mean so, that, do you mean to say that homicide is not all justified? Not ever justified. So let, let me let me fix what I said. Then I try to go down the perspective of no killing ever. So try to avoid it as much as possible. But he, I mean, he's a real, okay, like I said, he's, he's an You'll... evil person. But I still. I'd rather get him locked up forever, and there you go, done. We all we all go, you know, a little while without killing somebody. You're in a slump. You'll 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 pull back out of it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Just play some Mario and so play some Goombas. I'm I agree with Dave that you know while he was incapacitated, they probably should have just ran away. But also considering the stress of the moment and the heightened emotion of the time I think it's perfectly understandable that Shalon didn't think to do that. It's because it's understandable it doesn't mean it's moral like uh, I understand why you slapped that kid on the back of the head that kid was obnoxious kid uh, yeah usually I was the kid in that scenario but um, <laughs> I only got pushed once and I deserved it and what was I talking about? Uh, I think you were getting ready to start chapter 74. Alright, chapter 74. Kaladin killed Sulfrena. And I have one bullet point for this chapter. Kaladin killed Sulfrena. Tell well, us more, Dave. Uh, a lot does happen in this chapter. There is a little bit of a, a, a bonding cave moment between Kaladin and Shallan. So remember, we left off in chapter 72 before the flashback with the storm wall hitting as Jalan and Kaladin were trying to hide into their little cubby hole and Kaladin's leg was busted. So she has to pull him in and she actually uses Stormlight to get a surge of strength to pull herself in. And um, also, I did forget a little detail that uh, on listening to older episodes, I realized that I had forgotten about that Shalon uh, does actually use Stormlight to heal her wounds, like when she has the cuts on her feet. So that is probably how she survived fall from the bridge. Like she does actually have similar like strength and healing enhancing ability from Stormlight. I don't know if that's a general surge binder thing or if it's just an overlap between Windrunners and Seekers or whatever it's called. She called a something weaver, light weaver, light weaver. So there's that. And then you know there's it seems like they're getting a little flirty. Uh, so watch out, Adeline. You're gonna die. Called it last week. I'm calling it again. Spoilers, Adeline. But they can't. They can't break up Shalon and Adeline. 
if they're both still alive. I mean, Our two I mean, main characters gotta, are starting to flirt. <laughs> you know, know what that means. Someone's got to die, and it probably won't be a Surge Binder. Although, Kaladin might not be a Surge Binder anymore, so maybe he can die. Uh, yeah, well, why don't we talk about the real content of speaking this of sur- Speaking of Surge Binders never dying, uh... Sulf, I don't know if Sulfren is actually dead, but she is deader than Yasna. I can tell you that much. All right, we we need to quote that, Mike. Sil, deader than Yasna. All right, uh, where is that channel? <laughs> While Mike God, does the quote, go? you guys can look at quotes from our previous yeah. episodes by joining our Discord. Uh, you can find our Discord through our Patreon at patreon.com slash CosmereCast. Um, it's free to join our Discord. Come hang out. We chat a lot. We have lots of people. It's fun. We got games and good things and quotes. Ooh. Yeah, so during the high storm, Kaladin has his vision where he's talking to a soul friend is dead. And he's like, why'd you kill my little baby? Surge binders always kill their friend. That's the way it's always been. And, you know, Kaladin's like, no, I killed her. And I'm like, no, you killed her. And her father's like, I knew you were going to kill her. And, um, but she's, she's got to come back. But yeah, I, I am more convinced that of Sulfrena's death than I am of Yasna's death, honestly. And I'm not really sure, like, she was kind of starting to lose her bond with him because of, you know, he was kind of losing his oath bringitude or his, uh, oath binded. Is it? When? Oath? But if maybe if he just spoke the words, I don't know. Uh, which words are those? Uh, the words of Radiant. Oathbringer oh, negative one. I must protect those who protect and not sell. I must protect those whose life or death themselves. So yeah, that's kind of that's kind of a bummer. I I, uh, I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but I really liked that character. We uh, we which... had picked up on it. Which characters that observation. you like so many of the characters in this book. You've you've been so openly in favor of all the characters equally and show no favoritism whatsoever. I'm not their mom. I can have... Yep. So okay. the, the moral of this chapter is Adolin's gonna die. I, I thought the moral was that Sil already died. Yeah, but that's not a moral. That's Oh, okay. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. The moral is what you extrapolate from the given details oh uh so are we allowed to call her sill now that she is no longer among the living um or is it still sophrena and only sophrena you can call her what you but i'm gonna call her sophrena okay in my in my eulogy the late great sophrena sophrena or sill as lazy people like to call her was a great friend and me too beautiful for this world and zoidberg oh everyone's Beautiful Zoidberg. All right. Dang. So, do you have more for this chapter, or are we moving on? Nah, that's all I got. Um. Oh wait, that was the next chapter. Yeah, that's all I got. Okay. All right. Chapter seventy-five. True glory. The Cosmere Deep Dive podcast itself may depend on Dave's restraint from reading ahead. Thank, thank you, Brandon, for the shout out. From the uh, that's almost word for word the epigraph of chapter seventy-five. Thanks, Frost. I always knew you were a cool lady or dude. Dragon. Wait, was Trogdor a dragon man? That was totally where my mind went. (laughs) Is Frost a boy dragon or a girl dragon? I don't know. I don't know either. And Craig can't talk right now because his mic went out. 
Uh, okay, no, we're good. Oh, he's loud. Yeah, sorry, guys. Stormblast came out of the chasms. Shalon is already rubbing off on Kaladin. Truth and lie mix. I won't be locked away again without parchment. The end of whatever part this was. Part four, I think. Yeah. So Shalon and Kaladin return to Dalinar's war camp, and they're getting ready to go uh, on their assault on the Parshendi training grounds. And uh, Navani is starting to finally warm up to Shalon and doesn't want Shalon to go on to the mission because it's dangerous, but Dalinar needs her. Shalon needs to go to just research and whatnot. And uh, Adolin kind of gets a little overprotective of Shalon and she doesn't like that and he doesn't get it. So real quick, reading the, the copper mine summary, mm-hmm. it's like... When Dalinar and Kaladin talk, Kaladin somehow survives falling into a chasm. He brings Shallan safely back. They killed a chasm fiend that, that while they were nearby oh, and somehow managed to get back. Like, how ridiculous does all of this sound? They lied about killing the chasm fiend. They said that it was just lying there dead and that the corpse was so rotted that they were able to get the gem heart out. Sure. That's still... <laughs> It's just this sort of thing, like, yeah, I did all of these things by myself, well, me and Shalon, and that's it. Yeah, two of them. So Shalon, eh, Just uh, a protagonist, it's fine. Kaladin does suspect Shalon of being a surge binder, but he doesn't actually bring it up. Um, I think she does actually kind of glow when she's pulling him into the cubbyhole in the previous chapter. Uh, so the other thing is that Shalon's like, all right, we could go, but uh, Bright Lord Dalinar, we need to leave the parchment at home. Um, so, like, they're just going to leave the parchment in the war camp so that they can kill all the civilians instead. Good job, Shalon. But, yeah, so basically, like, oh, well, once they pack everything up, then the parchment aren't really doing too much on the field, so. Um, oh, man. But wasn't, so that last high storm, that was the one where all of the listeners were supposed to take on storm form, right? So that was the last uh, high storm so. before the weeping. So. I, th- I think we might have to wait for an interlude. Yeah. When's that going to happen? I don't know. Could be next week. Could be in, you know, six weeks. I don't think we're still on the same book in six weeks. Oh, man. Let me look. If only we had a chart or something. The Sandersu Chasm Flash Flood is coming. We have five episodes left after this one in this book. Oh. And then we move on to the next book. Oh. Which is... Is the next book a Mistborn book? No. It's a novella. It's Sixth of the Dusk. I might buy that, or is it in my... Uh... It's in um, Arcanum, Arcanum Unbounded. Unbounded. Ah, all right. That was a good investment. That got me through like four books already. Yeah, it's Arcanum Unbounded has every Cosmere short story and novella except Dawn Shard because that was written after it came out. I thought Warbreaker was considered a novella. Nope. Warbreaker is a full no. novel. Yeah, it's a full you know, novel. I, maybe I was thinking of uh, the Emperor's the novella, which is... Okay. Well, that's it for part four. I don't know about you guys. That's in the four. That's one of my top four best parts of this whole book. Uh, Not enough poop jokes in part four. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Or wait, was part four, there there was some poop jokes between Shalon and Fractal Doggo. Was the Shalon Adeline poop joke this part or was that part? That was earlier. That that was part three because part four starts with Kaladin in prison, right? Yeah. This is a short part. It is. But, like, 
it took over a month because Kaladin was in prison for a month. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's funny. Chronologically, it's probably the longest part of any Stormlight book, not counting flashbacks. Uh, it's definitely the longest part of this book. This is a very condensed time frame book. Wasn't all of uh, the... What's the first one again? Wave Kings. Wasn't all of Wave Kings over like a week or two? No, way longer than that. Uh, Kaladin went on like a bunch of bridge runs. Well, they made him do a lot. He had to do like seven bridge runs a day. All right. Yeah, that's it. Uh, hey, okay. You might be right. Anybody got anything for Dave before we de-Dave ourselves? Nope. See you, Dave. Bye, Dave. All right. Bye. Thanks for watching. Goodbye. All right, Dave's gone. Play the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. Okay, so we got the creepy Shallan murdering her dad scene. That's... It is very creepy, yes. That's mm. knocked out. Uh... Nursery rhymes are inherently pretty creepy, I think. That one is particularly creepy. But, like, I'm trying to think of a non-creepy one from the real world. And I don't have one. Hmm. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. And then we finally get a payoff for Blackbane, sort of. I feel like we'll see it at least one more time. It just seems to be a common poison, although apparently it just paralyzes. And I imagine it's one of those poisons where if you use enough, uh, the person's unable to breathe, and therefore they die, but the result, the use itself, is just the paralyzed. And you know, Calvin knows about it, so it sounds like it's the sort of thing they would use during uh, surgery, right? I think he mentions that. Something like that. But I wasn't doing, like, an oblique reference to uh, Rhythm of War. I just, I think Blackbane will come up at least one more time in the series proper. Fair assumption? Yeah, it's just, it's shown up so much. I think it will show up in a non-Rosharian book. That would be interesting. So, like, Mistborn Era 3, an ambassador gets poisoned. Mysteriously. Yeah, I could get I could get down with that. Because it's supposed to be, like, a 1980s-era style spy thriller, right? Brandon takes furious notes. Yeah, we're gonna do that. Wait, no, I can't do it this way now. Like he listens to us. <clears throat> So there's there's a cold war. He likes war. to pay attention to what his fans do and say. We might have popped up on his radar for all we know. There's a cold war between Elendel and the Southern Scadrians. Okay, Mike is just going to come up with Era 3 for you, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. The Southern Scadrians get to be our Russia analog here because, of course, America all the way. USA, USA. I've decided that Mike should not write Era 3. Yeah, probably not. From this board. <laughs> Uh, all right, what else do we have happening here? So, Sulfrena is dead. Boy, Dave was confirmed. so sad about that. You could hear it in his he voice. He did. He sounded very sad. It's it's going to be tough. So I posted it in, in our spoiler discussion. She comes back in Chapter 84, which that's the like that's the chapter where Graves and Moash are distracting Cal. He says the words, and then he goes to fly off the save down. Like, it's so cool. It's it's basically the Sander, Sander Lanch. Um or standard tsunami, whatever you want to call it. It's just so cool, but we're not going to see her for quite a while. Yep. Um, but I don't think she—I don't think she's like even close to dead. I think the Stormfather's just protecting her at this point, right? Or he's being but, a drama Stormfather, a drama. Sure, Stormfather. as we know, he does. He's very good yeah. at a drama. Or he's literally 
nearly killed her. Like, I, so I, I was going to if... say he's only he's only gotten to the second ideal, um, not far enough for her to become a shard blade yet. So I don't think she's far enough along that she could become a dead eyes. She clearly was right. losing her her. I don't want to say sentience, but her, her she she was losing her mind a little bit in the physical realm. You could see that because she was sort of regressing into a windspring. But I don't think she can go far enough along to become a dead eyes because he only made it the second ideal. So more than likely, uh, Drama Stormfather is like, okay, she's dead. You killed her. This is all your fault. Because when she pops up again later on, she's arguing with the Stormfather. So she she's not a dead like she's not dead she's not a dead eyes. But if he'd made it to the third ideal yet, would she be a dead eye? I think so. Because like I don't know, we've seen Shalon's dead eye. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't Testament. know, man. I, I think yeah. I think you have to make it to at least the third. Like you have to make it to the point where they're a shard blade before they could potentially become a dead eye. But I still think the further along you are the more dead eyes a sprint can become. Like, if you're a fifth ideal, then it's, I think, the stronger connection also results in a dead eye if something happens to the oaths or, or so. Except, except, I don't even think the Knights Radiant during the Recreants broke their oaths. Something else happened there during the Recreants. Well, but at the same time, see, I think that he really did kill her. She just didn't stay dead because she's a Spren and Spren's life and death is so different from what we mortal people know. Um, we, we do, we are holding out hope that, um, the dead eyes aren't really dead, dead, that, you know, eventually they can get better. Um, and we do see a glimpse of that with Maya in book four. Um, so yeah, I, because the Stormfather doesn't lie. No, I he don't... doesn't lie. He just embellishes. It's the wrong word, basically. I think they don't have a word for it. Yeah, we, mm. we need better terminology here. Because the closest they can come, apparently, is the human concept of death. And that's not even sort of accurate. Like, you it's in... funny that they Kaladin, choose the word Kaladin death. inconvenience Sill for a little bit. It, it's funny that you choose the word death instead of sleep. Because I feel like sleep is a closer analog. But, you know, well, this raises, this raises some interesting questions, though. If death is the closest analog Stormfather has for what happened just there, then what do they think happens to people when they die? Like, we know that there's... Well, they're just sleeping. Yeah, just, no, just no, no. We nap. know that, uh, like, with co- cognitive shadows are a thing. Like, they're, yeah. they were and they died and now there's something else like what happens to all the people who do not become cognitive shadows like they go somewhere I, I think they're they, they say it at the end of Mistborn you know like Vin and Elle and they they're, they're, they've gone somewhere like they, they, they don't disappear um, I, I think they're more aware of that than you know people would be we see at the end of Secret History what basically happens to, to people after they die and don't become cognitive shadows they they go into a different realm, and I think that's what Sprin think are happening to people when they die. They're just going into a different realm. So that means when a Sprin dies, it's probably more than likely going into the spiritual realm for a bit before it comes back after it's healed or whatever it is happened. So it's still completely the wrong word. Yes. 
And, but there are reasons for them choosing that word. And the Stormfather just hasn't bothered to get a better word. And he's a drama queen. Like oh, yeah. I, I don't I don't mean to minimize that. He's totally a drama <laughs> queen. But I also think Kaladin really killed Syl. I think Stormfather's just protecting her. But big, you bring up a good point because he doesn't he doesn't lie. Stormfather is incapable of lying. Yeah. Big air quotes around kill. Hmm. Wildly yeah. over exaggerating. The reports of Syl's death are greatly exaggerated. But we still get a nice quote from Dave this episode, though. <laughs> Deader than Yasna. Yep. Which technically is true. Yeah, I think accurate. I think it's accurate. <laughs> so Frenner is deader than Yasna, and that is a completely true statement that Dave has made. But man, we're we're starting to get into the good chapters, guys. It's we had to get through the bleakness, but it's it's going to really start picking up in part five. Well, Kaladin gets to be super sad for a few chapters. Yeah. Before before he bounces back. But this is this is when they leave. They're making plans to leave as well. Like we're we're on our way towards where the Everstorm's going to happen. Uh, the first the summoning of the Everstorm, and yes, that's happening. And well, gets some really good action scenes at the end of this book. Don't we get a good conversation with Kaladin and Sahil as well? Do we? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe maybe we Sahil do. is just no. We do grumpy um, because it's the weeping, and this is when we find out that. They wash the sand. Mm, right, right. So, I'm yeah. still waiting to see if Dave picks up. I, again, I think I made a prediction. That it wasn't until Azure pops up. I think that was my prediction. Uh, I believe we went with... I went with pre-Nightblood coming back. Tori went with when Nightblood comes back. And you went with after Nightblood comes back. Yeah, that seems right. correct. Keep, so, keep a track of that, that pool. We'll figure yeah. out who wins. My odds are dwindling further and further every time but and every week we you do know this. there's that last conversation yeah. between kaladin and zyle maybe he says something colorful <laughs> he does i know man i wish dave could hear this he would enjoy that he says a lot of colorful things in that conversation he has said many colorful things in previous conversations read between the lines dude i didn't pick up on it so i don't blame him yeah same but we also didn't read anywhere nearly as closely as Dave has been. Yeah, yeah. We just wanted to find out what happens next in the story. What? Weird Arden. I don't care. Sword. Go. So, this is this is the low point for Dave. His favorite character is, quote-unquote, dead. Um, no night blood anywhere. Like, what and the he heck? he thinks Adolin's gonna die. And he thinks Adolin is gonna die. Which so... hasn't happened yet, but I'm still... About half expecting it because of the dead brother theme. So at the end of Words of Radiance, how excited is Dave going to be on a scale from 1 to 10? Because we're going to have Nightblood. Uh, and Silfrana won't be dead. And Sil will be here. Yeah. 13, Did you say 18? 13. 13. Uh, because, yes, Silfrana will be back. And then Nightblood is now in on Roshar and... He doesn't have to wait for a book that hasn't been written yet to learn or to get more Nightblood. True. We don't get nearly enough screen time for Nightblood, though, unfortunately. Uh, well, not in this book. Oathbringer's got a decent amount of Nightblood. Sword and Emi? A little bit. Oh. And I don't think Rhythm of War had much because Zeth is just sort of in the background for most of it. Yeah. Uh. Oh, so my very favorite epigraph is coming up in the next couple of weeks. Oh. The Numbers. Oh, oh right. yes. 
which, if you haven't listened to the audiobook, it's probably a pretty boring epigraph. If you have listened to the audiobook, it's phenomenal. Michael Kramer reads every single number completely straight, doesn't screw it up. I don't know how many takes it took. I don't know how many times he just busted out laughing because he's just reading numbers. Uh, we are going to have to figure out that people know what the numbers mean. Uh, I don't, but someone translated it, and hopefully we can dig that up. By the way, that is the chapter that still comes back. So three episodes, guys. I mean, I could probably look it up real quick. Well, we'll talk about it then. But th- this is, um, what's his face? Taravangian. This is the diagram, right? Yeah. It's from the diagram. Here we go. Some quick Googling found it. Okay. Yep. I know what it means. And we're going to talk about it during the relative chapter. Yep. So the point is, if you have access to the audio book, at least give a listen to chapter 84. Uh, just the epigraph. Because it's hilarious. Just, it's just really the beginning, good. yeah. So, all right. Uh, I don't think I have anything else for this. I also don't have anything else. Yeah, we're good. Really? Yeah. You don't have anything. Do you want me to have something? Because I can have something. You, Craig, don't have anything. Yeah, we're good. You could have something. We're a little bit short on time if you want to. If you want to give us a thing. Do you, <laughs> Do you want thing? me to whip up a theory? Yeah. Pat out that listener time. Make it make it worth people's while to download this thing. So when do you think Aloysius is going to turn up again? He already has been the whole time. Error 3, Mistborn. He's going to fit in with the other squirrels, and he's going he's gonna to decide to be a spy squirrel. Like, he's going to join the illustrious spy squirrel guild. So stay tuned for that. He's going to find the missing bead of Laracium that somehow still survived. Nah, and that. become a misborn squirrel. Misborn squirrel. No, no, no. The other one that Hoyd... So, the the text doesn't mention anything about it, but there was a third bead. <laughs> See, this is why people want to download and listen to our podcast right here. Oh, Texas Blade says Hoyd's doll will show up first. Oh, yes. Maybe. Uh, so Hoyd's doll and Aloysius and Nightblood all need to go. The doll will be riding Aloysius. They all need to go on adventures together. They do. With Lyft. Go, go explore First of the Sun and Pachi. Oh, I just thought of, you know, when you were saying, uh, Era 3 Mistborn is gonna be like Cold War spy novel, it made me think Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, only it's, uh, Lurcher Coinshot soother thug something like that i mean that could very well be one of the it probably won't be the name of one of the books i feel like brandon is a little bit better than that but not much better than that (laughs) come on you've you've read his humor you know he's not better than that not much you know okay in defense of brandon i think his humor is pretty decent it depends on the character and you can see how he writes shalan the way she uses her wit, like, she's over the top on purpose. Like, she's sort of, like, trying too hard. That's the whole point. Because when you look at Hoyd as wit, when he actually uses it, it's it's very much on point as an attack. Um, it's just done a lot better. And, and Flawless execution. Exactly. So it is interesting to see the differences. Both characters tend to use puns and things like that. But wit does it so much more effectively. It's really interesting to see the differences. So, because some of the people really hate Shallan from Way of Kings, Uh, I don't know if that's true anymore. I know that was the big thing when we only had like two books out. Um, People are like, "Oh, I hate Shallan because of Way of Kings because of how she was in that book." 
Uh, I think, especially by this book, Words of Radiance, she definitely comes out as a much better character. Uh, number one, we get her depth here, but then we really get to see more behind her motivations, actions uh, in Oathbringer. So, yeah, definitely. I didn't care for Shalon in the beginning, um, but she grew on me as the books went on. So I can see that. Yeah, my favorite Hoyd is sick of Roshar and just disgusted with all of the gross animal life. <laughs> it's like a dog. He's like, what's a dog? Ugh, it's a crab thing that hellhound. It doesn't look like a crab thing. Axehound, axehound, that's right. Like, imagine an axehound, then take away all the disgusting, blobby, <laughs> crabby grossness. And Calvin is like, that's just normal. And it's like, Hoyt's like, oh my gosh, why? Why is this world <laughs> so weird? Uh, anyway, that's my I favorite was... Hoyt. I was just imagine. Say, I was gonna say I'm a big fan of the one-armed Tardesian jokes, talking about different <laughs> characters and their humor. Yeah. Um, just imagine how many worlds Hoyt has been in that Roshar is the one that he's the most tired of. Like this, Roshar is the most ridiculous of all the worlds he's been on. What if he has a seafood allergy? Uh, Roshar is the worst place for someone with a seafood allergy to live on. I suspect that there's like a small but significant percentage of the population that just like doesn't live through childhood because they have shellfish allergies. Just sometimes people as kids bloat up and die. Maybe if they live in Shinovar, they're okay. But otherwise, yeah, just like that's, that's a normal part of growing up on Roshar is sometimes your kid has an allergic reaction to the entire world and dies. Shout out to my one friend who has a poultry allergy and would totally die in Shinovar. <laughs> oh, I feel bad. Wow. I mean, presumably there are some like nobles' children that are rich enough to afford non-shellfish all the time. Well, in defense of Tori's friend, they call everything a chicken. Yeah. So that's sort of scary if you have a poultry allergy. And then, like, if you're a kid who grows up in the army, like if your dad is in is like a an officer in the military and he's allowed to keep his family with him, then maybe all you ever eat is like soul cast food. Soul cast grain. Yeah. Soul cast grain, soul cast meat. So maybe. I guess there are a few ways around it. But I think I think we should ask Brandon if people have died that have uh self shellfish allergies on That Rochard. is a very shellfish question, Craig. Hmm. It is. On that note But not a sellish question, because that's the wrong planet. Right. Are there are there cellist selfish shellfish allergies? Can we please end this episode now, please? Fine. <laughs> okay. Good night, Internet. Bye, everybody. Bye. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at @CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is "Traveling Made Up Continents" by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.